Warning, this podcast is rated not safe for work for profanity, sexual innuendo, and general silliness. And then I woke up with a squeaky toy. Oh, hey, everybody. How you doing tonight? We have a very special episode of the Macabre Academy. But before we get into that, uh, I am Kevin. And then we have our resident nerdy witch. Say hi, Steffi. Hi, Steffi. And for our new listeners, because I know we have a few of those bumping around, uh, tell us about yourself. Person. And why you are why you are the nerdy witch. Okay, so I am a practicing Hecatean kitchen witch. I'm also one of the biggest, dorkiest nerds you've ever met in your life. I have my degrees in art history and religion, so this is how I've decided to use it. Better than me. So, and we have a special guest for the first time, which is going to be fantastic. We have our good friend Eric. Eric, uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Uh, hi, my name's Eric. I'm a paranormal investigator. Been doing it pretty hardcore for the last five years or so. I had a lot of interesting experiences. Been to a lot of uh, really fun places, and uh, just looking to learn and share. Fantastic. Welcome, everybody, again. Thank you for joining us. If you're a repeat listener, make sure you get your house points in. If you're a new listener, listen back, get some house points. We'll talk about that later. Tonight's episode, as some of you could probably guess, we're talking about ghost hunting, which is something that I have not done, but both Steph and Eric have. So this is going to be a lot of them talking and a lot of me going, hmm. Anything anybody wants to bring up before we jump into the podcast? Anything interesting? I just love your humps, so keep them coming. Hmm. Wait, do you have a current events with Kev lined up? Is there something exciting going on? I didn't know if you wanted to jump into that now or if you wanted to hold on to that. We could do it now. Let's. I I feel like it's the best way to kick stuff off. It's like our it's our habit now with current events with Kevin. Uh, apparently. Uh, as early as this weekend, we will be getting direct deposit stimulus checks if you file your taxes for electronically and with direct deposit. So it's, uh, what is it, 1400 a person if you make less than, I think, seventy five or 80000 And I think 75, it's... 75, I think. Pretty sure 75. I've heard both. I can't keep it track. I can't keep track. And then I definitely for, don't have that. <laughs> for combined households, it's somewhere around like 130, 140. Um, you are gonna be getting a shit ton back for your kids, Steph. It's like I didn't claim either one of them this year. That doesn't work then. Um, no, it's, actually it's I'm like, wounded because of the custody. Ugh. Ugh. It's like thirty six hundred a kid you're getting back. Or is that it might be a credit or something? I don't have kids, so I kind of glanced over that. I'm just like, I'm getting money. Remember, it's all part of that amount that 80% of Americans are just waiting to spend, according to the turtle. Sorry, tortoise. Um, I'm buying some patio furniture and a new smoker. So, you know, there's that. I just I saw a quote by McConnell where he said that there's a large percentage of Americans just waiting to spend their money. I'm pretty I don't sure, know. I'm pretty sure evil incarnate exists because he's alive. And I'm, I'm, I'm more centrist than anything, but that's just a very out of touch statement to, to make. There's how many unemployed? Just I come on, man. Me. Hi, right here. Oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> so back to the topic at hand, ghost hunting. Mm-hmm. The whole goal of ghost hunting is to collect evidence of the paranormal 
activities and we are trying to use as scientific techniques as possible. Yep. So we're going to do my favorite part, which is where I try to define shit and etymology because that etymology is my favorite. Yeah, I know. We're we're all so excited. This is just to humor me at this point. Um, hey, it's your podcast. Do whatever you want. <laughs> okay, so I think for argument's sakes, we're going to call ghosts a manifestation of the spirit or soul of a person or animal. Um, it's that thing that animates the body. Energy. Okay, so when I wrote my senior thesis paper in high school, they were back into the world of like physics and quantum mechanics and shit. So just hang in there with me. Um, we're just going to go with the simplest explanation. <laughs> simplest explanation is that energy is neither created nor destroyed. So that shit has to go somewhere. And of course we all want to think about ghosts because we want to believe that there's more after a mortal or physical death, but the etymology is the best part. So I'm going to bore the shit out of Eric. You ready? No. Yes. Okay. Uh, Okay. So some of this is me directly reading. So if it's a little choppy, give me a break. Okay. So old English gast means breath. Um, You also got good or bad spirit, angel, demon, person, man, or human being. Now in the biblical use, soul, spirit, or life is kind of the word that's used. Uh, there's an old Saxon guest. Um, there's also a version which is jest. Middle Dutch is geest. Um, high German is geist or spirit or ghost. So the conjecture to be from the root word geist is, is a notion of excitement, amazement, or fear. Uh, in Sanskrit, you're looking more at a rat wraith, which also means horrible or frightful. Most Europe. Indo-European words for soul or spirit also double as a reference to supernatural spirits. Many have a base in the sense of appearance, such as when you're talking in Greek, it's a phantasm. Uh, In French, it's specter. Polish, it's widmo. But I don't speak Polish, so it's probably not the right pronunciation. Um, Old Slavic uh, uses a term that means to see, which I thought was really nice. And high old German is to shine. Other concepts are kind of based in French that translate. I'm not actually saying all these words because I can't pronounce shit, but it literally means returning from the other world. My favorite is the Old Norse. It means back comer. Okay. So um, I kind of just want to sum this up uh, with ghost hunting. There's also um, kind of this goal to find proof of not just ghosts, but other entities and demons as well. What's interesting is that around 45% of Americans think that ghosts are real or have claimed to have seen one. So, Kev, have you ever seen a ghost? I have not. Do you believe ghosts are real? Sure. Okay. That wasn't very convincing. I mean, I've seen the Rolls-Royce ghost. Does that count? I keep thinking of um, when they're interviewing... um, and, and, and Ghostbusters, like, do you believe in yada, yada, yada? And, and the guy goes, um, if there's, there's a steady, steady paycheck, paycheck in, in yeah. I'll believe whatever I, you want. <laughs> I think the real question is, do you believe in a life after love? Are you sharing that shit? I am. Oof, that's, that's very personal. All right, uh, Eric, I'm going to go with the short question for you. This is more of a yes or no portion, but do you believe in ghosts? Have you seen ghosts? 
Yes to both. Great. So when I met, are we gonna? Are we really gonna put a pin into that and not even have him tell one story? Oh, he's gonna tell a shit ton. I know, but we're right here. It's, it's already primed. We no. got the listener all excited. No, he look. My notes oh, little, are actually little delayed gratification. I see how it is. Yeah, you got to tease them, you know, to build up the excitement. A tantric I, podcast. Yeah, incredibly. So after this commercial break, <laughs> we don't have commercial. We don't have a sponsor anymore. I know. <laughs> Maybe we can get the Kama Sutra to sponsor us after this. Well, there was a conversation I had with Eric on the phone. So I just kind of want to double back to that before we get into a little history of ghost hunting. But I was explaining to Eric the way that I ghost hunt because I am an empath. So I feel emotions very strongly. I have never directly seen a ghost or communicated with one, but I'm more sensitive to emotions that are left in a space. And I believe that's a bit of a contrast to you, Eric, the way that you go about doing these things. Yeah, I have to have all that blocked out. I I can't go into a place and allow the emotion to, to seep into the walls. I have to keep it kind of at bay. Otherwise, I'll get overwhelmed and I won't be effective. There's been okay. a few instances I quickly that I've been places and I felt the wall go down real quick and it just took over and I had to leave the area. All right. So we're going to get a little bit more into your stories and your experiences. Um, but this is why me and Eric get along. So Kev, why don't you set us up with a little bit of uh, history there for us? We start to see an interest with the rise of spiritualism, which we talked about on our Ouija board episode. Go back and listen to it. We need those listener numbers. It's a religious movement where there is a core belief that the dead have the ability to communicate with the living. The spirit world or the afterlife is not static, and the soul can survive and thrive to provide us with useful information. We are looking at, I'm sorry, we are looking in the time period starting roughly around the 1840s through the 1920s. Paranormal research organizations started popping up roughly around the late 1880s. And we see a lot of mediums, seances, spirit photography. We're going to get into that later, so put a pin in that. Just like from the movie Bolt, just put a pin in that. And, you know, that kind of related thing. Ghost hunting didn't really take off until the early 2000s when TV reality shows started popping up and have since ruined TV forever. How is it that we have like 600 channels and 9,000 streaming services and I still can't find a fucking thing to watch? It's all reality. Season it's- three of Paradise PD was put on Netflix today. Well, there you go. Also, I think the uh, Lucifer on Netflix still wa- still working my way through that. I'm going through Forged with Fire. It's ma- it's beat the Masters. I'm like, yeah. Oh, for don't even get me started on Forged with Fire. I love Forged with Fire. It's so good. I bought it's a new so sharpening good. stone and everything for my knives. Watching it, so I just sit there and sharpen knives while I watch it. I do like that kind <laughs> of reality show. Like people are building shit. Alex and I were watching an episode one time and they, they got to the end of it and I turned it off. She's like, don't you want to see who won? I'm like, I just want to see people build cool shit. 
you don't become ver- personally invested in the character growth of the no. person. No. Okay. I just want to see people build cool shit. We had closed captioning on at the shop one time while we were watching Fortune Fire, and when he says it will kill, it was K E E L. So Ahmed was doing the uh, doing the closed captioning that day. Does Jeff apparently, Dunham know? Well, he said the the guy in Fortune Fire says "kill" really weird, and that's apparently how they spelled it to match how he pronounces it. I uh, thought also, it was "kill." Because it's on my captions, it's K E A L. It will kill. <laughs> Apparently, nobody can do it right. But anyway, also, BattleBots, fantastic. Big fan of BattleBots. All right, head back on track. I got you. Oh, <clears throat> story about BattleBots. We bet on everything at work. One guy actually gamed the system where he watched the episode and then went to the shop the next day and bet on it and won all the bets. <laughs> How's that gaming the system? Because he watched it first and then bet for every bot to win, and he just cleaned up. Because <laughs> there was a replay the next day. Oh, it was it was it was such a shitty move, but so brilliant at the same time. Gotta respect the hustle. Yeah, that's like when vegans trick you into eating vegan food. You don't know it's really not meat. The impossible whopper at Burger King used to be pretty solid. But anyway, I digress. The ghost hunting on TV has opened a new market that needed to be served too. We start seeing businesses opening that cater exclusively to paranormal investigative technology. 100%. So before we get into the types of hauntings and stuff um, and some of Eric's experiences, I kind of want to just throw out that there's two kinds of paranormal investigators. Okay. There's, there's these people that go into these buildings. They believe absolutely everything. Every little bump is a ghost, like trying to communicate with them. Every like bug across the screen is a ghost. Like they are just so caught up in the fantasy that they're not actually doing any kind of scientific investigation and then you have the, the skeptics and those ones are, I think a little bit more similar to me and Eric, where we go in and we're trying to debunk and we're trying to make sure that our evidence is as solid as possible. So if you are thinking about even trying to do this, make sure you grab somebody to go with you. Cause you want somebody to back you up. I think Eric, then were we bitching about those guys that all think they're Zach fucking what's his name? Fucking Bagans. Guy. I, I honestly would take him over some of the people I've seen. Who is the worst paranormal investigator you've ever had to interact with during a hunt? Um, I won't say her real name on the off chance that she actually listens to this because I don't know. Okay. Um, she touched a tree and was like, just started fake pretending she was choking because she said somebody was murdered against this tree. So she's faking clairvoyance? Yeah, she is. She was accused in several times, because uh, I had to investigate with her more than once, of faking evidence and being caught on it. Uh, oh. It just cries for attention. Look at me, look at me, I, I found all this stuff. Yeah, I have a video on YouTube of a guy fucking bombing my investigation. In fact, I even showed it to Eric. We were We were mad together about some of the protocols that other people take during investigation. But um, 
I kind of want to just kind of hop into the types of hauntings. And then I kind of want to play a little game with you, Eric, because um, we have Ooh. five of them. No, six. We have six different categories of hauntings that I have divided up. So uh, I kind of want to kind of define what these things are and see if you have any stories exclusive to these types of hauntings. Okay. Great. All right. So make sure you listen very carefully to the definition because I know you're familiar with these. So I want stories for all of them if you got them. Kev, you're up first. What's the first type of haunting? Uh, The first one we're going to talk about is residual hauntings, which until just now when I've been reading over this, I was reading it as residential hauntings. (laughs) (laughs) That's a different animal. So now that I've read it correctly for the first time in like four readings, uh, this makes a lot more sense. (laughs) These are by far the most common type of haunting, and they often manifest as visual, audio, olfactory, or tactile. They are imprints of energy from another time and are not cognizant of anyone living. It's like a movie that just plays over and over. They usually usually result from strong emotions or traumas and can be attached to a place or an object. See, these are the ones that I bond to the most because of the residual emotion. But I would love, to, and none of my stories would even remotely begin to prove or back up. But I would be very curious to see, Eric, how many residential haunting stories you have, or if you got one, one that's your favorite. Residential or residual? That one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, residual, I. The best one I really have is a few times at uh, West Virginia State Penitentiary, just seeing a, a like a figure in the cafeteria in the kitchen area of the cafeteria. First time I went there uh, with people that I ended up making my group with, uh, we got a picture of something that was just kind of in that corner and going back, we still can kind of see it every other time we've gone. It's not every time, but every other time. Doesn't interact, doesn't respond to anything. It's just there. But it's consistent. But it's consistent. Just looks like, for lack of a better way of putting it, the kitchen manager checking in on the people in the kitchen. Hmm. I wouldn't want to do that for eternity. Just imprint myself <laughs> looking over kitchen. And you, so, you decorate cakes, so it'd be it, it's in your wheelhouse. Hey, you're not wrong. Just don't die at work. Well, I'm trying to think because I'm like some of my favorite um, ghost photographs are from a place around Pittsburgh. It's one of those touristy books they sell, and there is this picture of that somebody took of uh, the church and of the um, why do I want to call it an altar? It's not an altar. Of which too long. Anyway, I think it's called an altar. Oh, great. Fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> I, um, I was raised Catholic that my great grandmother's altar is in my parents' house right now. So um, in the front two pews, there is a picture of three like monks. You can see the back of their head and their, their robes and stuff. And they're just kind of chilling. Um, 
but it, for me, that would, that's like a perfect picture of a residual haunting because they're just keep showing up to pray. And it's not, from what I understand from that particular church, there's no uh, interaction or anything. It was like a one-off photo. So that must've just gotten imprinted in the time space continuum somehow. <laughs> time doesn't exist. We'll find out again this fucking weekend. Cause no one wants to get rid of daylight savings. It is. That is antiquated. That is where that word is most appropriate. Okay. So then we got uh, probably the most famous kind of haunting is a um, poltergeist. Now, if you're being haunted by a chicken, is it a poultry geist? <laughs> What's with the foul jokes, man? I thought this was Ooh. a clean show. Like where this is going. Yeah. Duck you, as autocorrect would say. <laughs> I almost drank for this and I go, don't do it, Steph. <laughs> like take a sip drink or be hammered drunk. Oh, I get shammered if I drink on the podcast. It's bad. Um, okay, so um now I'm really off. <laughs> okay, Porter guys. Their events seem to be a misdirection of powerful energy. So these are often very destructive and sometimes are kind of channeled through or around a specific person. There's unknown causes uh, to why a poltergeist will manifest, but you're looking for certain hallmarks like uh, activity, including objects getting hurled across the room, doors opening and closing, rearranging of objects in a room. You're, you're, you're hearing the loud noises, thump shrieks. Uh, sometimes there's terrible odors, interference with electronic devices, um, and they're all incredibly disruptive and, and destructive in some cases. Have you ever dealt with a poltergeist, Eric? Honestly, no. That's the one that I haven't dealt with. And when you say it like that, I, I kind of split hairs on it versus uh, an intelligent response versus um, poltergeist. Because I've been places where doors have shut. I've been places where... Uh, a friend was same prison. He was sitting on one of the benches and something punched the bench between him and the girl sitting next to him. And he's, you know, six foot four, 300 pounds. And he was shaking, but I don't consider that poltergeist because it no. was just the one time. And it was in response to, uh, they had three K two meters, AMF meters, whatever you want to call them in there. And they were going all to red and they said, do you want us to leave? And the, the third person that was in there said, I don't give a shit. I'll get more people in this cell. And that's when the punch happened. Oh, shit. I was 50 to 100 yards away and I heard it. Hmm. So you experience intelligent hauntings a lot? Then? That, that's the most common. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's have Kev define it real quick. And then um, if you could give us another story, I would love to hear it. These type of hauntings involve a spirit who is intentionally present and sometimes even attempts to communicate with the living. Sometimes the spirit is not aware that they have passed or sometimes they know that they have. They are driven to bring some message to the living. Intelligent hauntings can include sightings of an apparition, hearing a voice, and or sometimes being aware of communication without any sound from the spirit. 
Who's going to talk first? Do you want me to tell I, a story? Or do you I wanna... want you to tell the story. That's why I was like, I don't want to talk over you. I want to hear the stories. Yeah, don't wait for a cue. Just jump on in. Water's fine. Water's fine. Ah, uh, geez. It, it has, him mentioning telling a, bringing a message. Um, my grandmother, and this is not something that was intentional. I, I do have a very, very strict policy um, I do not try to communicate with anybody that's passed on that I personally know. Mm-hmm. So relatives, um, anyone like that, I do not try to reach out to them. It's pissed off a lot of my family that I won't do that, but I won't do that. Uh, but when my grandmother passed away in 2017, I was going to her house the next day to help my dad and aunt with some stuff. And I had a dream and in the dream, my grandmother was telling me about the one attic. She, her house was split level, so it had two attics, one above the living room and then one above all the bedrooms. And she was telling me that I needed to go in there. There was something valuable in there. I only knew about this little cubby hole because I saw it you know, when I was there, but I never actually went into it. So I had no idea what was in there. And when I got there the next day, I couldn't shake that feeling. I went in and there were you know, the old wooden old-fashioned wooden sleds, mm-hmm. like originals from when my dad was a kid. They're like perfect condition. It was just weird that she was telling me that there was something in there the night before I was visiting. I, I don't know if you consider that a haunting, but it definitely was a message sent from someone that you know I was connected with. As far as intelligent responses, um, and Steffi and I have not met in person, and if this needs to be edited out because you're not comfortable with it, that's fine. But um, when I went to a place for the first time with a group of friends, I was talking to a spirit. We were getting yes, no answers using a K2. And I asked it, do you think my friend, and not this Steffi, but my other, my friend Stephanie was with me. I go, do you think she has a nice rack? And this thing said, no. Uh, His name's George. I said, so George, are you a butt man? And it came up, yes. (laughs) So. If you go to this location, Stephanie, I, you have a butt. I don't know because I haven't met you. Um, but if you do have one, he might pay more attention to you. That is my best asset. Pun intended. Um, and he, he loves blondes. I have no, a picture. No. Well, you know, I have a picture on my phone of Katie Lotz, the actress from the Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. And it's her on a yacht looking out over the water, but she's in a bathing suit and you can see her ass. And this entity I've gone back there really loves that picture. Uh, I didn't download it for that purpose. I'll come clean with that, but (laughs) that's why it remains on my phone. It's the only picture like that on my phone. You should print it out and leave it for him. I don't think that it would stay. Mm. Wait, where was this location again? Uh, it's, I, I won't say it because I don't want to get the owner mad at me. Oh, okay. Um, the owner knows that I've done this. The owner knows that, uh, George likes posteriors, but I, I don't give out that kind of names. Hmm. Wait, just for my own reference, is that a location I've been to? It is. Perfect. All right. That's all I need to know. Hmm. So you're going to start doing squats and then go there or? Yeah. Yeah. Get a nice thin pair of leggings. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta 
You know what's really funny about the leggings is uh, <laughs> no, no. Okay, so the leggings, right? We work. At, I work at a big box store, and all of the women who come and shop there have fucking leggings on. And I was talking to one of my coworkers, and this girl with this most perfect—I don't know how to say it—but um, perky ass, perky. And she walked right past, and my head just went. And he looked at me and I was like, what? He goes, did you just check out that girl's ass? And I'm like, didn't you? I didn't know it was Pan at the time until he saw me checking out this girl's ass. With the um, I mean, science to be attracted to a nice ass. That's why I'm single. I don't have one. Got to do it for science. Okay. So um, I think I want to I want to jump back a little bit to your story about your um, grandmother. So hang in there with me. I've actually put something like that in a subcategory of the next one. So because um, Brandy made me think about it a lot. But uh, okay, so the fourth category that I've outlined is called the doppelganger. Okay, uh, it's a subset of intelligent hauntings. Very rare, super rare. And not often documented because of how rare it is, but it um, it's called uh, a doppelganger, which means double walker in German. And it's a ph- phenomenon, okay, that involves someone seeing an exact double of themselves or someone they love. You know, they're always dressed in the exact same clothing. They uh, appear only to the person and nobody else around them can see it. And it sends... Uh, a message that something traumatic or tragic is about to happen. Often it's seen right after to somebody passing because they want to pass a message along. Like it's uh, sometimes there also is like premonitions of foreboding or like, Hey dude, I'm about to die. I love you. And then you get a, you know, you find out the person died like 10 minutes prior after that premonition or whatever. Hard to investigate, but I thought I'd include it anyway. Cause Brandy, had a bunch of stories about this, but of course she's not here. I've not personally experienced it, but I did a tour of a location and the tour guides talked about it happening there frequently. They said that is actually common in this building. You'll be working during the day and you'll see a coworker and you'll ask them to do something. They'll say, yeah, no problem. And then an hour or two later, you see him, you go, why isn't that done? And they'll go, what the hell are you talking about? I've been, uh, I just got here or I was on a completely different area. I wasn't even up there today. So if they're to be believed, it happens quite frequently in one location. So you do have experience talking to people about doppelganger hauntings? I've, yeah, I just haven't had it happen unless you count the, uh, I'm somewhat plain looking. So I've had a few co-workers in my past that looked like me and confused people. <laughs> We're now going to move on to demonic hauntings. Demons are described as evil energy from an unknown source that is unrelated to the human form. Many believe that demons are sent by the devil, but even non-believers have experienced demonic hauntings. Demons can appear as frightening-looking animals, horrific and hideous creatures, or sometimes a black smoke or a fog. Or if you watch Lucifer, a really hot black woman. Maze. Yes. Yes, she was fantastic in Spartacus. Uh, so they seem to look or be able to change shape or form, sometimes right before your eyes. 
Their task is to wreak havoc in a subject's life at all times, uh, even possessing their bodies. Demons are thought to emerge from uh, gateways near to where the haunting occurs. A gateway can be something like a cave, a wall, a hole, or some other type of portal or entrance. Uh, it's usually in the ground. What What happens here is where we see a lot of the Ouija board stories. However, hang in there with me because I... I'm probably the only weird witch on the fucking planet. Yes, you're, you're hanging. Thank you, Kev. Um, that actually actively and enthusiastically uses Ouija boards, but I do not use them on investigations. I have them in my house and everybody's like, how dare you? You're in open portals. Yada, yada, yada. Look, if you know what the fuck you're doing, nothing's going to happen. And I think that there are scenarios where I've seen people without a Ouija board reckless enough to invite entities or open portals in their home and not even know that they're doing it. You don't need a Ouija board to do that, in my opinion. So, Eric, what are your thoughts? Any experience with the, the demons? Unless we're counting ex-girlfriends, no. Oof, no demons? Big mood. Big mood. Nope, nope, nope. Um, like, I re- maybe it's just lucky. I don't really encounter anything evil malicious um uh, someone in my group said that there was an evil spirit at the one location we were at but when i was in the same room with him he said i blocked it out uh he's um, not quite a medium but he's definitely a sensitive and he said when i tried focusing on it when you weren't in the room and we actually have it on a dvr when i wasn't in the room uh something whatever it was in the room ripped off his headphones like Mm -hmm. he had earbuds and it ripped them right off and we caught it uh, but when I was there, it was nothing. And he said, your energy just kind of blocked it out, blacked it out, was what he said. So I haven't personally dealt with anything like that. Uh, it's I've, I've heard about a couple locations. That they have creepers. They describe them as um, half, like half-bodied apparitions that you know crawl on the floor, crawl on the ceiling. Ooh. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, there's one at the location you've been at, by the way. I've just oh, not encountered no. it. No, I didn't. I didn't either. No. And then there's one at a location that had the doppelganger stuff. Uh, our tour guide said, "I will not come to this part of the fourth floor by myself during the day." Oh, that is how much this area freaks me out. Um, of more concern to me is my friend's daughter who said that she saw that at her aunt's house. A creeper. Not, a creeper. So I, I haven't reached out. I, the friend told me that and I told her, oh, no, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. And I'm like, um, yeah, you, we need to have an in-person conversation about this if I'm going to help you. Mm. Um, her, oh, good. No, your, your story is much more interesting than what I was going to ask. About to say. I, I just heard. It's a teenage daughter who is very enthusiastic, and I just worry about her being overly enthusiastic. And if you hear moaning right now, that's my dog getting his ears scratched. I don't know if it's being picked up. Oh, he's a doggo. He's nine years old, black lab. 14 out of 10. Good boy. He uh, has his original owner docked his tail. I didn't do that. So it's just a little nubby. And when he gets super excited, his whole ass shakes. 
Oh, poor little guy. Oh, you don't think that doesn't get him extra attention and treats? Come on. He plays last, that thing up. The last cat we adopted was a stray before we got him. And they docked the tip of his one ear. And I'm like, oh, poor buddy. Why? I guess yeah. so they knew that they had already captured him and spayed him or neutered him. Neutered him, yeah. So I guess they didn't have to worry about it again. But it's just it's the tip of his little ear is missing and it makes me sad. The original owner said they did it with to him because his tail was very whip-like, very strong, and it actually hurt. So? That's what I say. But Yeah, suck it up, buttercup. I have seen where, where uh, humane societies will dock a cat's tail. I'm like, don't do that. That's ironic use of the name Humane Society if they're doing that shit. I know. They're awful, awful people. But speaking of awful things that may or may not be people, we're now on to my favorite topic of shadow hauntings. Because that god-awful TV show was the worst. The Skinwalker Ranch? Yes. That you made me watch and completely re-research? I told you to not watch it. Oh, I can't get those. I can't get that back. That time is I never even. See, I never even finished it. I did. I, I have an entire notebook for you on all the bullshit that happened there. I got like two episodes in and went, this is terrible. I can't watch this. I told you not to watch it. You just don't listen. Well, I, in all fairness, I made you watch Above Majestic. That was pretty terrible. All right. So what about Shadow People? What do you know? Well, well actually, Oh, we're not. Go ahead. Sorry. We're asking Kevin because I'm going to explain this real quick. We did an entire episode on Shadow People. I bought the world's worst book on Shadow People on the fucking internet and had to re-research the entire fucking novel to do an episode. Kev wasn't here for it, and he has not finished the backlog, so I'm wondering if he knows what Shadow People are. And then Eric can fix it. I have not listened to the episode, and I only got two episodes into Skinwalker Ranch, and all the research on the internet is terrible, so I haven't got... I'm like, I'm not wasting my time on this. Somebody better can explain it to me. Hi, Sherlock. All right, it's all you, Eric. What do you got on Shadow People? You mean the one that lives in my parents' house that I've seen since I was, like, four? Yes, tell us all about it. Like, what do you know Shadow People to be? What's your experience with them? Uh, Fire away. My experience, again, they're not malevolent. They're not evil, anything like that. They're just shadow entities. They don't have anything to absorb light spectrum, so they just show up as shadows. Uh, but I am doing a residential investigation. In a residential, not residual, hopefully, <laughs> Sunday of a location where my friend's child, who's not quite four years old, keeps seeing a shadow person with red eyes. Uh-oh. So that'll be fun. But as far as the one at my parents' house, I would stand at the bottom of the stairs. I would look up the steps. He would come out from one side, look down at me. And I say he because I just felt like it was male. And then go into my bedroom. And then come out of my bedroom, look down at me, go back into my parents' bedroom. And that happened from the first few years living there. I, I would see that, and then I got older and went away. It went away, but I always felt uncomfortable being upstairs by myself until I was in my early twenties. Mm-hmm. Like that, just it felt like you're being watched. Uh, I felt like I could almost hear someone. It, it definitely felt like there was somebody else up there with me, even though it, there wasn't. But there was. Well, there I I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know that at the time. Uh, the thing that honestly got me into all of this, and um, I'm trust uh, Kevin, you're Pittsburgh area as well. 
Yes. A Michael Keaton movie. Which one? White Noise. I haven't seen it. That one that came out right before the the I hate the term reality TV shows that Ghost Hunting came out because they're so often not based in reality. Uh, but that is what got me interested in it. That's the first time I ever heard of EVP, Electronic Voice Phenomenon, mm. was from that movie. So I highly recommend it if you're a fan of Michael Keaton in general. But if you want to get somewhat of an idea of where I kind of came from as far as what like got me thinking about it after you know years of just trying to get through being a teenager then i'm finally an adult this movie comes out and i'm like huh that might be something and then kind of put it away for another few years you know that's a good movie to propose to our watch party on patreon to see if you guys i was just thinking that yeah actually house veritas because your buddy andy saved our butts last time he gets to pick the next movie but i think after that his name right andrew Sorry, it's Andrew. My my grandfather wasn't Andrew. He went by Andy. I apologize. I'm sorry, Andrew. But um, yeah, so maybe we'll watch White Noise after House Veritas picks the next movie. Um, Shadow People, I have so many thoughts on because that's my first paranormal experience. But to save us all time, I literally have an entire episode on what those are. What I think is really interesting is that Eric we'll put the link not- in the show notes. Yeah, he has not heard that episode. He has not heard my story. So for him to hit so many things on the head that I found in the research um, just sounds like I did a really good episode. So go back and listen to Shadow People because very accurate. I got it right. I'm happy. Okay, so um, I kind of wanted to get into... um, how to hunt, how to get into it, the tools and things. But before we kind of break down the tools, since you and me, Eric, have used them, I wanted to know like how you guys prep to go into a location and things like that. It depends. It depends on um, if it's like one of the fancy public ones where there's going to be a bunch of strangers we don't know, we prepare differently. If it's a private one that my group is booked and we're just having friends that go along with us with other groups, we prepare differently. Um, and then like with the ones I'm doing tomorrow and Sunday, kind of going in blind. I don't know a whole lot about the one, the residential I'll be doing in Conneaut Lake tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, other than the woman said that there was always some activity, but her ex-boyfriend killed himself. And since then it's been ratcheting up. So I have a rough idea. I haven't shared that with the person that's going with me because he's a sensitive. I want him to try and get a bit of a feel for it on his own. Uh, like that, there's that one show where they have a medium and a detective. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, oh, I love a, that show. I am a cord cutter. So if it's not on a streaming service and easily found, I don't watch it. And there's nothing... That's not disparaging any of the shows. I'm just lazy, but I'm honest about being lazy. Uh, So I don't have any real backstory on that one other than what I've shared. And then the other one, I literally have no idea what it could be other than what her son has described. So like when I would go into a location, because I'm a whole fucking nobody, if it was a specific place that um, I wasn't asked to be, of course, you got to get permission. You can't just go climbing walls. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to do that shit. But um, there's also, I think, a real big 
uh, importance of at some point going back and doing historical research on the location. Some people like to do it before they go in. Some people like to do it after to corroborate what they've seen. But I do know that there is a little bit of research involved with some of these locations and things. At least that's what I did um, for the things. So, okay. So when I was proposing this episode to Eric, I was talking to him and I was like, all right, so we're going to compare your rudimentary shit, my rudimentary shit to your nice fancy equipment, right? That was the the idea I had anyway. (laughs) So um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the things that I've used. And then I want to hear all about what you use because my shit was cheap as fuck. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the first thing I have listed is something I know that you've used is the dowsing rods. And in some cases I put this together with a pendulum. And the idea is that these are kinetic instruments that are easily manipulated for questions, uh, usually yes or no for a ghost or spirit. These are incredibly hard to master though, because they're so sensitive. So you almost have to like hold your breath and lock your arms in to keep yourself still because you can't move. The, the spirit needs to move the thing. And if you breathe wrong, the damn rods will cross or the pendulum will move. There's another theory behind these two that if you're a little bit more sensitive, that the subconscious reaction in your body is, is being intuitive to what the thing's saying. So it can at least open you up to be more receptive to the energies around you simply by manipulating said tools. Am I missing anything on the dowsing rods there, Eric? Um. Outside of the obvious, some people just move them because they, they're the type one investigator that it all has to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this may, sorry, flat earthers, the um, rotation of the earth might, if you're holding still, the earth's still moving. It could kind of move things a little bit, but that would be very, very, very slight. Mm-hmm. Um, mine have skull beads in them and that I bought them just for that. There's, um, I have a video up, um, of me trying to do a pendulum set session. Again, I got pissed, uh, in the middle of that investigation, but I have video proof of how still I was willing to sit with this fucking pendulum and this fucker did not move. So there were no ghosts and apparently I can sit really fucking still. So I do have proof that even though no thing has ever moved my pendulum, I can sit really fucking still without it moving. So yay me. But uh, I want to move into something that seems obvious um, is pen and paper. So I have two reasons for writing this down. Um, Sometimes when we would go and do um, investigations, if we felt something or we smelled something or anything like that, we would uh, write down like the time to go back and check like recorders and video and things or to document like feelings and things without like, Hey, did you feel scared over here? You know, to compare also um, in some rare cases, I've tried to do automatic writing with like no success, but some people are sensitive enough just to sit down in a location and do automatic writing and get some really incredible things. You guys ever use paper and pen, Eric? Hold on. You got me with a mouthful. Elevator music, please. Sound maiden. So um, that was just my daily ibuprofen intake. 
at a location where I was uh, volunteering to be kind of like a, I guess, a station agent. The place was doing for Halloween uh, fundraiser. You could go and investigate uh, or you could go and do a tour. I should say the investigation was later, but there were four stations and every one of us had a clipboard and on it was time incident description that the guy in charge of it wanted to, if we saw anything, felt anything, heard anything, write it down because everything was on a DVR so that it could be go, it, they could go back and record or um, review it. So yes, um, I honestly didn't think of that until now to use it regularly. Uh, maybe I'll use that tomorrow, but usually it's when you're doing the recording, you just, you know, residential investigation, March 13th, Conneaut Lake, 6.38 PM, boom. And then you just start recording. And then at the end, end recording. Yeah. Uh, well, I know like uh, we're going to get into video cameras a while, but I used to set up stationary cameras so like there would be like, I wouldn't, I know it sounds really stupid, but sometimes it's really hard to sit there and listen back and watch footage. So if I have like a t- timestamp written down of where I felt something or experienced something, then I tend to pay a little bit more close to that timestamp in the recording or on the video. So that's just me though. I'm crazy. Nee, that's, that's nothing wrong with being crazy. No, I don't you, think you, I can. You have to be the productive kind though. Hmm. So um, next, really inexpensive well, ghost hunting tool. Ready, guys? It's, it's a duh. Okay. Kevin, do you think you can guess what this one is? Go ahead. It, well, well it's, it's usually dark when you go ghost hunting. Oh, I mean, it's in the notes, but that felt like cheating. Mm-hmm. He's so not picking it up. <laughs> a flashlight. I thought, I thought you could guess it. Kevin's just watching me and Eric talk. I'm like, I need to hear Kevin's beautiful voice. So what, okay. What's that say about my voice? You're the new person. You get to talk as much as you want. And we're going to listen respectfully. But I don't have a nice voice. Is that what you're insinuating? Well, I'm you sorry. gave us so many options. I don't. I still don't know what the best voice option is for you. Good point. <laughs> um, I actually have abandoned flashlights. Oh, no. Okay, well. Let me it, well let me, hold on in favor of headlamps. Oh, for visual purposes, hands free. Yeah, but have you ever done a flashlight session? Yes, yes, we've done flashlight sessions, but I don't actually. I, 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 and I recommend to anyone headlamps are much better because you're usually carrying a bunch of shit mm-hmm. and it just frees up your hands for one more one with one less thing to have to worry about. Uh, the downside is you blind everybody at your height. <laughs> Yeah, I was um I was really excited because this is one of the few things I've gotten to work as a flashlight session. Um you want to explain how those work, Eric? Yeah, it's uh mag light, you know kind where you twist the end to get it to turn on. You turn it off just enough so that it's not making contact. Uh and then you ask the spirits if they're able to communicate with you to finish that connection so that they turn on. Uh I'm not very good at it, but one of the people in my group is. Uh, I always just either twist it too far, never twist it enough. Uh, story of my life. But what I was interesting was at a location, uh, a friend from high school brought her boyfriend, and we were doing a flashlight session and getting interaction for a good 15, 20 minutes. Got the best orb picture ever. Uh, I still fight with my one friend about it. He keeps saying it's a bug. 
but it's, no, put a pin in that one. We'll come back to the org. Yeah. But I ended up spending 15 minutes outside with my friend's boyfriend trying to calm him down as he chain smoked going. I thought this was all bullshit. I watched the shows with her and I never thought any of it was real. So flashlights are great. We were doing um, a private investigation, another location. Uh, who's you guys have seen? I, I was about to say who's familiar with like I have a 400 people in front of me. Uh, the movie um, Animal House. Animal House, like the like the old movie. Oh God, I love that movie. Yeah. Okay, so you know the uh, you make me want to shout song. Yes. We were doing a flashlight session at a location, and I decided to play music. They're big Johnny Cash fans at this place, but I had that song on there, and I started playing it. And the flashlight followed the the lyrics when he a little bit softer, a little bit softer, and it kept dimming, 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 and then. When it got to a little bit louder, it started to brighten up. Oh, wow. And we had that happen on two separate occasions, 11 months apart. Damn. So I do love the flat. They're very easy, low tech um, for yes, no's. There's also ones that I have seen done, I have not done, where they'll put uh, a few of them around a room with a light filter on them. So some will be blue, some will be red, and you can get a little bit more um, interaction that way, where you can be like, can you touch the red ones? You can see how like intelligent things there are, or, you know, yes, no, maybe. It gives you like another option. <laughs> When you're communicating, I've not gotten that to successfully work, but I I really love the idea of the flashlight session, and it's so inexpensive. It's so easy to do. You know what I got smashed for, though, is, um, like, you want to test it in, uh, uh, what's, it, what's it called? Um, scientific method in the um, Stephanie. There's there's the there's the experiment and then there's like the neutral. The control. That's yeah. it. Control. So you want to test it in an air quote non haunted place to make sure your battery and your light is not just every time you're like oh touch the thing and it goes. Well then there's something wrong with your fucking flashlight. But if you were in a place where you know like there's no ghosts and then it's not doing anything and then you set it up in the same manner in a location then you're kind of i not so stupid but it's like it's verified like at least for you personally that can verify more validate of your, that's it i should have drank i should have drank so much <laughs> and i didn't okay um so before we get into like the photography and shit i'm going to talk about my compass for like half a second um so i used Rumpuses at um, my investigations, so it's very rudimentary. But you have an electro, you have a you know magnetic field, and this thing always points north. But the idea is is that the um, energy of a ghost manifesting can disrupt the magnetic field and move said compass. Um, so really inexpensive technique too to use. Um, sometimes it's just enough to like. Hey, there might be something here. Take a picture or certain EVP session. Like it's not a, it's not like a highly sensitive scientific tool, but it is something that tends to be a bit more affordable and kind of neat to play around with. And multi-purpose. If you if it doesn't work for you, you still have something that always points north. 
You said you um you started experimenting with the the regular compass. I have. I haven't had any interaction yet. I just found out about it over the winter, so I haven't had too many opportunities to to use it. Mm. I have a a sound machine, not a sound a sound microphone, something that registers the amount of sound in an area, so you can see if the there's something going off that's below the uh, range that a human could hear mm-hmm. um, or it could just be a dick with a dog whistle that's messing with me. But yeah, that's, there's always that possibility. Uh, just trying to find more equipment because it's using the flashlight to validate is one thing, but if you have a flashlight, a K2, you're picking up things on a recorder and you have a thermal camera with anomalies going, like you have all this different equipment for one thing and they're all registering the same thing that validates the fuck out of what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I had questions cause I don't really use thermal Im- imaging. Some people use night visions, um, ghost boxes. You got your Geiger counters, your EMF detectors. Um, I don't know if you want to like explain more about how some of those things work or, or the techniques like that. Cause I, I, I don't have the monies. So <laughs> If there was a cold spot, it's because I felt it, not because I had a thermometer. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I bought a digital thermometer and then found out they're useless for investigations because mm. they're only taking surface temperature, what you're aiming at. They're never going to find a cold spot because they don't measure ambient temperature. But you can see that on a thermal imaging camera? You can. Mm. Because when you fire a laser, it where it ends is the surface temperature, what it picks up. When you have a camera, it's everything between you and the range of the camera. So anything that comes within that, it can measure that temperature. I've not had too, too many uh, pieces of evidence with thermal camera, uh, but it's, it was, you know, I saw it on, I'm not going to lie. I saw it on the show. I found one that was affordable enough within my budget and then a year later, a different one came out, so it was still within my budget. So I have two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they just attached to my cell phone. But they've had I've had some interesting experiences with them uh, at a location. Uh, two of my fellow investigators standing directly beside each other. It's July. It's ninety degrees in the building we're in, and one of them is is blue as the ocean on the thermal camera. The other one is is red as the sun. And they're standing directly beside each other. There's no reason one of them should have been cold and the other wasn't. Hmm. So, like, we we have to kind of, like, understand that we have lay people that listen. And um, you might, if you could just explain for us the difference between, like, EMF detectors and K2s and um, Geigers, if you use them. I've not used a Geiger. And EMF and K2 measured the same thing. It's mm-hmm. just, you know whatever brand or however you want to brand it they're really the same device uh milligauss meters same thing is that's what they measure milligauss it picks up electromagnetic energy in the environment and it's something that can be done some of them have digital readouts some of them um, just have a, a needle some of them have just lights that's the one you see it goes green to red um mm-hmm. I found one that has all three. It has a digital readout. It has a a green, yellow, and red light. And it will actually have an audible alarm. 
Uh, sorry, not all three because it doesn't have the, the needle, uh, but it has a built-in flashlight in the back and it can also get pick up the ambient air temperature. So it's a multifunctional Army device. Knife. <laughs> exactly. And I, I won't go back to anything else after using this a few times. Uh, I know I sound like I'm a commercial for it, but my mother immediately, she texted me, I have EMF envy. So, you know, when mm-hmm. I got it. Actually, I might um, tweet out the link that you sent me for that particular um, detector, uh, just in case anybody is interested in it. You know, plus I'm always here for questions and we can always go back and talk to Eric too, if you guys have more questions, um, since it's not a live format, so we can always go back and bother him. So I want to, I want to pick apart the photography and the video cameras a bit. And I think we're going to have a little bit more of a lively conversation here when we get to these. So hang in there with me for a second. So when you're using photography and video cameras, you're basically looking for anomalies um, in the images. So Mm -hmm. uh, spirit photography has been around since like the 19th century um, since cameras became available to the general public. Of course, we've all seen them. And there was like a whole business around creating fakes using double exposures and dolls and things like that. Um, Things uh, moving forward start to get stranger when you start incorporating digital imaging um, because that works a little differently than film does. But there are things that the human eye cannot see that sometimes come across in film and video. Um, the reason I wanted to like hop on this one myself is because of my art history degree. Cause we spent, I spent an entire class on photography, um, which started in daguerreotype types and then moved forward. But I read this entire article from a local newspaper when the photography had first come out and it was bitching up a storm about how, you know, hoodoo and witchcraft photography was. And <laughs> yeah. It was incredible that this person was so passionate about how fucked up it was. So it said that I'm, I'm going to try to put it into um, contemporary terms. But basically, this guy was bitching because we're taking something we perceive with our eye in three dimensions and then compressing it into 2D, which is not how the eye naturally views the world. Um, in fact, they used to call photography um, something about the sun because it was used to capture the light, not the actual image, to create the image. Um, I think that's why it's so valuable, though, for ghost hunting is because it can see things that the eye misses. It's also taking away that uh, pareidolia effect sometimes that you have in real time, too, which is kind of cool. Um, but basically you're looking for apparitions, you're looking for orbs, you're looking for mists, you're looking for vapors. Now the, um, the orbs are a big, big debate these days in the, uh, paranormal community. So, um, the Eric, uh, maybe you can help us determine what a, a proper orb should look like because, um, it's really easy for these circular anomalies and photos to be uh, sabotaged by poor conditions like dust, bugs, that kind of shit. So how do you determine Moisture. Yeah, what is an actual orb of like ectoplasmic spirit energy and what is dust? Like, would you have a method to try to determine that? 
as best we can yes um one of the things that and i've realized how pompous i started sounding or maybe that's just my self-conscious uh, self being self-conscious is we're still learning and we're not fully there and i don't know that in my in our lifetime that we'll ever fully be there in regards to the paranormal research but the biggest thing is flash photography will pick up dust dust will reflect light and that will potentially show as an orb to be in my mind a considered a true orb it has to be multicolored. it has to potentially have its own light source i've seen orbs with my own naked eye there's no light in the room or area and i've seen a ball of light more more like a wisp but i've seen it uh and it was in a room i'd been in for a while so it wasn't my eyes adjusting but the one that i was mentioned before it looked like a v it, it went in two different directions like a v mm -hmm. and it was multicolored. and when the person who took the picture was there she said i saw it and i hit the button to take the picture really quick because i saw it with my naked eye so she wasn't didn't have the benefit of a flash it was just something she saw mm -hmm. and quickly took a picture and then later on um we were at the same location she took a five to ten minute video and you just see an orb just going around like going into the room out of a room down the hall and around this uh, mel meter that we had set up mm -hmm. so it was something that was moving on its own it wasn't it didn't follow a pattern that a bug would have used it kept coming back to this one location where it could draw energy from and moving around so those are how we really try to differentiate orbs um, whenever i take people to a location that are new i like to turn on the flash on my phone and i have them look at a 90 degree angle and i go see all that dust flying past the the light mm -hmm. make sure that's not what you're getting pictures of that's why uh, thermal cameras infrared cameras um, um, ultraviolet cameras are so popular with investigators because the chances of it picking up dust is much less mm. a thermal camera is not going to pick up dust um in regards to the orbs um have you ever um well, i'm gonna sound like a crazy person because i don't have this researched um i think it was like neil neil degrasse tyson you know the sexiest man in you know physics um he was saying i think in i have his audiobook but he was saying something about a sphere being the most uh, energy like efficient or the way that the mass works or something. That's why it's circular. It's the easiest to manifest or hold energy. I can't think of what it is. Do you know what I'm talking about? I sound like a crazy person. Like the plasma globes. Yeah. The reason why that these things are manifesting as orbs is because the sphere is one of the most like Oh God, I got to look this up. I should have looked it up. Geometrically efficient. Yeah. Uh, at, uh, at Gettysburg, I did one of the haunted walking tours and the woman that gave the tour was talking about, she was, was doing and doing, took pictures in a cemetery and there was an orb 
And when she zoomed in and blew up the orb, it looked like a little girl kicking up her legs, like she was dancing, like it had the three-dimensional shape to it. But from a distance until she zoomed in, it just looked like an orb. And that's another thing you you brought up digital. Um, In the last year or so, I've seen uh, Polaroid cameras and Polaroid-type cameras have made a comeback, especially with the paranormal community, because they just take a picture and it's not, it, it, it instant comes out. It can't be altered. It's not something that can be digitally altered. You can't say that it's uh, something that was enhanced after the fact because it's literally point click. There it is. Mm. Kind of like how vinyl made a comeback. Now that I, I think of it. Hey, I want my eight tracks back, but that's beside the point. All right. Um, I think to kind of, just kind of wrap this up since, you know, you tend to be a bit more of a skeptical investigator like myself. I thought it would be fun for me and Kevin to list off skeptical reasons for ghosts and then get your thoughts on some of these. Yep. For it. Me or Kevin. You. I'm always up for it. All right. Kevin, I'm going to take the first one. Okay. Well, yeah, it's your color in the notes. I know. Right. Sometimes we switch colors, though. We've done it. You know, I play for both sides of the team. We're polycolor around here. <laughs> Polly or Pan? I'm Pan. The colors are Polly, I guess. No. <laughs> that hurts. I'm trying to think about it. The kids kids these days, man, there's so many subcategories. Okay. Anywho, all right. Skeptical reasons for ghosts. Number one, low frequency sounds. So I'm one of those people that I'll put on my 300 Hertz to meditate. Okay. So like there's like science behind certain sound waves eliciting responses in the human body. Now there was a a study in 2003 that shows people exposed to 17 Hertz reported feelings of um, uneasy sorrow, getting chills, nervous feelings that kind of resulted in fear. So there's ways for these hertz or sound waves to inadvertently enter into a space and actually cause a physiological response. That was perfectly timed. Are you attacking your cat? What were you doing? No, there's a match. I have so many plants in here. I get the little gnats. And there was, I was like, where's the damn cat to get the gnat? And I think I shut her out of the room. So I'm just. <laughs> you need the cat to get the gnat. Exactly. I'm like, why? Do, why else would I have a cat? It's got to eat the bugs. Did you need the dog to get the cat who got the gnat. Well, do you need a cat gnat because you're in Pittsburgh? So, cat gnat. Oh, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So, what you're referring to is called infrasound, and there are actually infrasound detectors. Uh, this is something. I, I'm wondering if your research came from the same article I read uh, about this. But yeah, they actually used to put the, and they might, they might still do it. They would put infrasound and soundtracks of scary movies in theaters so that people would get that extra uneasiness while watching a movie. I did not know that. So, okay, then it wasn't the same article. But yeah, that's something that it, uh, when I read in that these people were uneasy at work, it was a faulty fan in the in the air circulation that was causing it they fixed the fan and the feeling of uneasiness went away that's why i was looking into that device that measures sound 
if we're getting something that's at a certain spectrum, it might be infrasound as well. Second reason, mold. Good old-fashioned mold. Uh, there are certain toxic molds that can cause neurological problems like delirium, dementia, or irrational fear. I feel like you've seen my bathroom. <laughs> um, <Like it. laughs> no, I know that like when the first reality show came out, like they were Roto-Rooter plumbers or something catchy, but they would go into locations and look for mold and oh, things. Yeah. Yep. I, I've heard about that. And that's something that I wonder, depending on where I'm at, because there's a lot of mold in a lot of these locations. It's buildings that were operational and then suddenly uh, just turned out like uh, the prison in um, Moundsville, West Virginia was operational till 95, 96. And then mm-hmm. it was just let to rot. If nobody's up keeping the you know, keeping up with it, it's going to get mold, it's going to get dirt, it's going to get critters, uh, and all kind of things. So it absolutely can cause those, uh, those sort of things. That's why you see certain TV shows where they're wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Do you ever check like home locations for mold when you guys are investigating? Um, not too in depth because they're that's a little it's a little more difficult to go into someone's house and then just start scraping at paint. They kind mm-hmm. of wonder what the hell you're doing. Um, it's something I've asked them about if they have any mold problems, uh, but nothing that I get too in depth with. Uh, usually anything that I've gotten on residential investigations, if there is anything there, I've had a few that were, there was just nothing there, uh, but it, it's usually able to be picked up with other equipment to kind of verify that it is somewhat paranormal. All right. So in the same vein of mold, of course, we've got the carbon monoxide. So, you know, causes auditory hallucinations, feelings of pressure on your chest and an unexplained feeling of dread. And I know a lot of homes now are equipped with carbon monoxide, but. um, They mean detectors. Yeah, that is a. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> yes. They yeah. just all have a, an old-fashioned Buick hooked up to their furnace now, so they're equipped with carbon monoxide. <laughs> randomly leaving important words out. Like the Pittsburgh. <laughs> all right, let's just get to the next one because that's in the same vein as mold, and I can't talk. So let me get my last point out. Um, okay. Uh, fourth skeptical reason for ghosts is the power of suggestion. Now, we have talked a lot about this on the podcast. And if you want to know more, just go watch Brain Games. Um, but this is also... Or listen to our episode. Now nah, that too. Well, where did we hit that one really hard? The Mandala Effect? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, me bitching about shadow people and that author didn't know that uh, seeing images out of the corner of your eye is called pareidolia. That can also be part of the power of suggestion if you think you're seeing something. Um, what are your thoughts on the power of suggestion, suggestion uh, concluding or causing someone to conclude that their space is haunted? <laughs> we go back to that the investigator that was faking evidence and <laughs> the type one, type A. Do we want to do type one or type A? 
because one sounds like it's diabetes, but the other one. Well, I have bipolar like and it's bipolar one and bipolar two. So I, I kind of like type one, type two myself. Okay. Uh, that everything is, everything's paranormal. It's all paranormal. You're in a 150-year-old building. The sun just set. <clears throat> Every tap is paranormal. It couldn't be that the building is contracting because there's less heat on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the power of suggestion is very, very powerful. Uh, whenever I've seen a shadow figure, I make sure that it's not something out of the corner of my eye that I just saw and I convinced myself I saw. I have to have both eyes looking at it and focused. And I've seen shadow people in three different locations. And that was the only way that I would believe I saw a shadow person. Uh, The human mind loves to find patterns. That's why magic eye books were so popular for a time. Um, And if you saw the sailboat in Mallrats, you know, good on you. But we want to... We want to find that out. We want to see. That's why we see faces when you look at a car. That's why the headlights are designed that way. So you, you know, it's just how our brains are wired. Uh, so you will talk yourself, even without someone else suggesting. You'll just talk yourself into seeing or believing you saw something or heard something. Hmm. And plus, a lot of people are gullible idiots. You know what's funny is is one of the experiences that I second guessed. Um, you actually corroborated, which I think is very interesting. This might be one of those places where I want to plug the story, but uh, Eric and I two separate times in the same location, um, didn't know each other yet, nothing. And I was with a group of investigators and they were pissing me off. And um, I started freaking out because I felt something small grab my arm. And I thought it was a child telling me not to leave. And I kept like pacing back and forth, trying to see if I could find like the source or draft or heat pocket or something. And then I was explaining my experience over a cigarette outside of the location with my cohorts. And they're like, there's no kid ghost here. There's no way that could have happened. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I put it out of my mind, but I had no suggestion to make me believe that that would have happened, right? Like nobody told me there was a story about a little boy running around the place. Um, but you, when our first conversation, what did you tell me about it? There's two kids there, a boy and a girl. Mm-hmm. It, well, I should say at least two kids there. Yeah. I thought I had an experience. Everybody around me told me I didn't, and there was no way that I had it. And, and, and our buddy Eric here completely validated my story way after. So that's what made me feel like that is a more credible experience that I had because everybody I was with told me that didn't fucking happen. There's no way. And then I, I talked to a professional investigator who knows that there's two kids in that freaking building. So I'm like, Oh, that, that existed outside of the power of a suggestion. I was so happy. (laughs) So happy. Kev, give us another one. Good old-fashioned drafts, which can, you know, sneak in through your chimneys, windows, doors, anything that doesn't seal really well, which can lead to doors slamming, doorknobs rattling. So, there's that. Yeah, if you're going to schedule a ghost hunt, you might want to check a few doors, close a window or two, that kind of thing. Train tracks. You want to look out for train tracks. Why? Because my house shakes and there's train tracks. Just down the hill from me. So, there you go. 
Like it's oh, weird. Yes, the, the I thought you meant like disused train tracks for a second. I was like, okay, they're but... no, no, something rational. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, Kev, what's the last one? Uh, we simply enjoy being scared. It releases dopamine, which you know causes the pleasure centers of your brain to counteract the fear. I, I won't deny it's an adrenaline rush. <laughs> when something happens, it is so freaking cool. That's why I like taking people that haven't ever gone on an investigation or haven't done very many. I love taking them and watching them. It's it's almost a voyeuristic experience for me because it reminds me of the first time that I went investigating. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first time investigating, I had no freaking idea what I was doing. I had a digital recorder and a flashlight, <laughs> and I ran around a place just pumped up on adrenaline for seven hours. All right, so we hit the end of my notes. So I don't know if Kev's got any questions for you, if you got any more stories you want to share with us. Now's the time to... Lay it on us if I didn't give you a good cue up or something. No, I don't have any questions. I was hoping for more stories. Yeah. Yes. Tell us the stories. Story time. I feel like I'm so on the spot. There's no way you're on the spot. I'm just. This one, uh, I'll, I'll tell you uh, one of my favorites. It's from two summers ago, and it caused a 30-minute argument with my girlfriend at the time. Uh, I got invited to go to a cemetery that's like 10 minutes from my house. I'm not a fan of outdoor investigations just because there's so high a chance of pollution from noise. And if you're outside and you're taking pictures, there's going to be bugs. Uh, Moisture in the air can show up. So there's a high likelihood of contamination. Uh, But I was invited. It was free. It was local. Uh, I'm kind of cheap and easy when it comes to those kinds of things. So I figured what the hell, uh, it's with another group of very, very respected investigator who's been doing it for over 30 years in the area. We're at the cemetery seeing graves of people that were born in the late 1700s, like revolutionary war aged people, people that served in the civil war on both sides. Uh, just a very old cemetery. There were children's graves. There were graves that had cages over them. And we're just goofing around. And one of the women is taking pictures, just goofing around. And then she comes up to us and there's a picture and there's somebody in this picture that was not part of our group. Now we are at the top of a hill. There's no way somebody walked up there without us seeing if they came up through the entrance, if they came up the other way, they're climbing up a forested cliff, essentially. I get the picture sent to me. I send it to my girlfriend at the time. And she goes, oh, who's that? I go, we don't know. What do you mean you don't know? We don't know. They weren't with us. They had to be. This went back and forth for a half an hour. And I can send you guys the picture once I find it. But it looked like somebody in older-fashioned clothing dressed all the way completely covered up which would not be the case at late july in western pennsylvania the heat the humidity they'd have been boiling alive in this outfit finally i got her to actually go to the cemetery with me and it's very rutted old cemetery i want to say it opened in the late 1700s but i don't know the exact history and i don't want to be wrong we get to the top of the hill where this person would have been 
And she just looks at me and goes, there's no fucking way this person walked up without you seeing. Mm. Like, now you believe me? She goes, yeah. Now you want to <laughs> go investigate with me? Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see that picture. I know we keep saying we're going to tweet out shit and then we like never do it. But I feel like we got to up our Twitter game here. Well, I can send you the picture, but it's not mine. So please don't tweet it out. All right. That's fair. I'm just, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I'm super curious. Okay. So this is the, this is the wrap up part of the podcast. Since you're new here, Kevin usually gives us a lovely weird, but true factoid. There are 2,400 year old ruins uh, found on the Northern coast of Greenland more than 300 miles north of the current northernmost point in the world. Run that one by me again. Ruins, 2,400 years old, right? Okay, yeah. In Greenland. Yes. And these ruins are located 300 miles north of the current northernmost town in the world. So they went even farther north than where the current most north yes. town is. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> it's like north, but north, north, <laughs> north. North, but norther. <laughs> get get your compass out. I was just going to say that. <laughs> and the way it's pointing, drive from basically your house, which I just have a rough idea where it is. I'm not that level of stalker, uh, to like Toronto, but just going straight north. I broke my mark. <laughs> We're you so what? professional here. I broke my mic. <laughs> okay, so there is more north than we know there to be north. Got it. All right. Now for my personal favorite part, the non-offensive dares. Okay, my darling witches, it's time for your weekly non-offensive dare. You must be a Patreon to participate so you can earn points for your house. Each month, the house with the most points gets to vote on weekly non-offensive dares, topics of future episodes, and so much more. Each week, once you've gotten your dare, you must safely and creatively complete a post on social media so that we can see that you've done the task. You can tag us at Twitter at Macabre Academy, or you can tag us on Instagram at the Macabre Academy, and you must include a hashtag with your house name to obtain the points. The world is a fucked up place. These dares are designed to bring silliness and random acts of kindness into the world. You must safely complete your dare. If you are unsafe, your points will not be counted. You can also earn additional points for your house by being the first to submit episode corrections to us at themacabacademy at gmail.com. Also, if we use your ideas or stories in a future episode, more points may be awarded. Let's return to the podcast to see what your weekly non-offensive dare will be. This is, this is the thing that we all stop doing. <laughs> So Eric, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you this story because I don't know if I told you, but I promised Sound Maiden a hundred episodes because I'm a dumbass. Uh, she's my sister. So for every episode, I have comprised a list of non-offensive dares. 
for every episode. So you get the lovely task of trying to shoot through half of the holes that have already been punched with numbers between one and a hundred. So please pick something. 57. We've done that one. 86. All right. Uh, oh, 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 86. Okay. This is one I'm, I can't do. <laughs> All right. Your non-offensive dare. Actually, I could do it. I have wigs. Is to try a new hairstyle. There you go. Yeah. Yep. It was an easy one. It's it's harder because I had to go back and rewrite some of these because, like, I originally had start a conga line on one of these, and I can't use that because of COVID. Although, <laughs> apparently, everybody is going to be able to get vaccinated starting May 1st, depending on how the rollout happens. Nice. I, I don't uh, – uh, I'm still on the fence about getting vaccinated. I'm just skeptical. I want to give it another few months to see about side effects. I know they've done all the testing, I, yeah, but I, I don't know if I want to go with the one that will give you a boner or the one that doesn't. There, what, there are two different companies putting those out now, right, Kev? Three. Three, yeah. Okay. So that's and it. I'm not, as I say, I'm not anti-vax. I just – I'm skeptical. Like, that was really fast. Yeah, I definitely want a vaccination. I'm definitely getting one. I'm just waiting in like the back of the line a little bit because right now yeah. it's not easy for me to get one. So as soon as it's easy for me to get one, I'm going to go with that version. That's that, that, yeah, that's yeah. Plus, I don't want to give up working from home. That's selfish reason. All right, I can't guys. come into the office. I'm not vaccinated yet. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this episode. I've got something. Um, well, I need a I need a quip for that. I wanted to say explosive for next week. What's the topic? No, I'm trying to give it away without giving it away. Kevin, help me here. So Schrodinger's episode. No, you know what it is. It's 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 the thing. The the, the thing. Never mind. All right. Hopefully next week it's an explosive episode. We're gonna go with that. I thought Kevin would have one for me. That's good. I'm fine. Is that okay? Do you think that's it's appropriate? All right. all right, we're gonna bring your hot dogs and marshmallows for next week's episode. Perfect. All right, guys, that's it. This is where we say bye, and then I just stop the recording and we hang out for a minute. So, ready, guys? Say bye. 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 This podcast was brought to you by Nerdy Witch in partnership with Sound Maiden. We want to thank all of our wonderful Patreons. For updates, please follow the Macabre Academy on Facebook. Remember to like, share, and listen exclusively on Buzzsprout. Soon, we'll be available wherever you listen to podcasts.